headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing, healthy relationships. I am Rachel Cruz. Joined this hour by Dr. John Deloney, and we're taking your calls from anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. So give us a call, and we will help you, hopefully, through a situation that you have. All right, coming up next, we have Kelly in Savannah, Georgia. Hey, Kelly, welcome to the show. Hey, how are y'all? We are doing great. How can we help? Um, I was calling because um, I'm trying to figure out, I'm currently in baby step two, and I'm trying to figure out if it's okay for me to move um, now or should I wait until I'm out of baby step two? Okay. Um, how much longer do you have in baby step two? Um, maybe about four or five months. Okay. And what's the current living situation that you're in that you're wanting to move? Um, I am a single mom. I had to move back with my mom. Um mm-hmm couple of years ago and I'm sharing a, a room with my two sons and it's getting a little yeah. cramped. And, uh, wow. Yeah. That's like being in a blender yeah. without the top on, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you have, um, Kelly, do you have good margin to be able to afford, you know, rent for, I wouldn't probably, I wouldn't buy anything right now. But if you go and look at right. an apartment or a condo or something, do you, are there places in your area that you feel like you could afford? There is, I mean, all of the places are kind of expensive, so it would make it very tight for me. So like moving fast through baby step two wouldn't really happen too quickly. Um, but I mean, I would be able to, you know, move out and afford to live on my own. What, what, what about a finish line? Like a, a, a if you knew by a, January, yeah. Kelly looks in the mirror and says, "Kelly, January one, we move out and we move out debt free." Most of us can put up with just about anything, as the great Nietzsche says, if we have a big enough why. I've got to get out of here. I want right. to preserve my relationship with my kids. I want to preserve my relationship with my mom. I want to preserve my sanity, and also want to get out of debt. So I'm going to put a clock on this thing, and we are out of here January one, and we're out of debt. Would that give you some peace to do both to do both things, or do you need to go right now? Um, I, I think I can hold off. Yeah. How long have you been <laughs> in it, I Kelly? How long have you been in this situation, living situation? Um, for about five, six years now. Okay, so you've done it, right? And, huh. So, so I mean, you've you've proven that for five. It's that's a long time. But also five years versus four months. Um, it shows, you know what I mean? Like that, that you have the stamina. You've been doing it for five years. So you can hold your breath for, for four more months to get through it. Would you say? Yeah, that makes sense. And now, here, here's what I... Complete the three... I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, like my, my conversations I've sat down with single moms over the years, one of the pervasive feelings that I hear them explain to me and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it's just this this sense of loom looming dread over the house. This what next? Mm-hmm. I only have this much time. I only have this much margin. We've got so little money. There's just this pervasive air in the house that is heavy and laden with angst. And there's something. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? 
Yeah, it does. Okay. So what if you focused on what is the air going to feel like in our apartment when we move out? And you could move out today. Like you said, you could cover the bills, but you know as well as I do, you'd be covering them with, it would be like playing Twister, and you would have one foot on one corner and another foot on the other corner. You'd be so spread thin. And those little boys, you know what they're going to do? They're going to act like little boys. And they're going to break stuff. They're going to get in trouble. They're going to run around because they're little boys. That's what they're designed to do. And think about it. What if you moved into that apartment in January and you owed nobody Mm -hmm. anything? And it gave you that that deeper air that deeper air to breathe. So that might mean you're going to miss some little league games or some soccer games or whatever because you're going to work a second job. But I would love to see you put a clock on it. Get out of there debt free. You've been there five years. It's time to go. We uh, we all know that your mama's ready for you to go. Yeah, everybody's ready for you to go. Yeah, but let's do it. Let's let's not jump out of the frying pan into a fire. Let's jump out of the frying pan into ah. Now it's time. How's that sound? Right. That sounds great. I love that. I I, I, I mean, you can do what you want, but that's what I'd recommend. Yeah, absolutely. And and unless Kelly, something drastic changed in the in the recent you know few months or weeks that you feel in danger, like right, if there's something there that you're like, no, I I need to get out for the the safety and the health of my family, then that's one thing. Um, but if it's just that you're almost there, you're four months away, and you're just exhausted, you're like, can I just jump the gun? Go ahead and get out, even though it may stretch all this a little bit longer. I would, I would push you stay in it. You've done it for five years. You can continue to do it for four, and you got this, Kelly. Being a single mom, it is, um, it's a, it's a heroic role that you're in, and there's a lot of moms out there and a lot of dads um, as well. But man, it's, it's really tough. And I really believe, though, Kelly, you, you've done this. You've done it so far. I'm like, you have four months left. Like, you can do this. So close. And the piece that John's talking about that happens when, oh, you actually can do it and you're not stressed to your limit of trying to figure out how to pay this rent. When you have no payments leaving, no debt, all that extra margin, then you'll be able to live in there, pay the rent, and enjoy life. So, John, we're doing a first ever uh Money and Marriage event. Yes. Live. Here. Here. Yes. A full weekend. We've never done this. We've done some live streams. We've done some evenings around the country, even before COVID. Um, and then we decided, gosh, this has been an event that a lot of people tune into for the live stream. So let's make it not just an in-person event, but a full weekend experience. So the first ever Money and Marriage Getaway is October 19th through the 21st. And you and your spouse will come together. And John and I are the main teachers of the whole weekend. We have some special guests that will be coming in and out. But we're going to spend a whole weekend together, you guys, and really dive in and help you with your family, with goals, with your money, with your relationships, with your intimacy. We're going to touch on every area of your marriage and give you the tools to walk away, not just inspired and growing and learning new things, but actually what to do when you get home. And so that's a real big thing for us. We want to give you tactical things uh, as you continue to grow. And we've talked to people that have already you know, paid and they're coming. And uh, some of our team has done some calls with them just to kind of understand who's the audience. And it's so great because, I mean, all of them, they're like, we just want to grow. We just want to learn. So if you're one of those people that's like, I just want to continue to do better in areas of my life, well, when it comes to your money and your marriage, this is your weekend. So, And by the way, people, Rachel, people, um, and I know you get this too, people reach out from all over the the country saying, hey, could I get an hour with y'all? Could I, hey, would you be my coach for my family, for my husband, for my wife? 
this is it. Yep, that's it. We'll be you and I will be there for two and a half straight days. We'll have Q and A's. We'll have access. We'll have meals together. We that's will right. be in this together. Yep. So we hang out with you. Go to ramseysolutions.com slash events to get your tickets to Money and Marriage October nineteenth through the twenty first. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We are taking your calls, America. And up next, we have Kate in Philadelphia. Hey, Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. So excited to talk with you both. Oh, glad you're here, Kate. How can we help? Um, so my husband and I have been debt-free since 2020. We paid off $120,000 of my student loans. Good for um, you. And currently, thank you. And currently we're kind of on 3B. We're um, saving. We actually own a small home in the city, and we're trying to save for a larger home, like thinking of starting a family um, and moving to the suburbs. Um, so recently, I guess my question is more pertaining to um, a trust fund that we were recently blessed with. Um, it's $1 million, and we're trying to figure out how we – use that blessing and apply it into like our baby steps or if we save it for our kids future, or if we're supposed to use it for our home, which is love to hear your advice. Yeah, that's great. So you guys are on baby step three B you're saving up for a home. Yes, we currently have 80,000 saved outside of our emergency fund. We make about 185 a year, 185 a year. That's awesome. So before this million dollars showed up, yeah. what houses were y'all looking at? Um, well, it actually, so we got married in 2021 and about a week before our wedding is when we had found out about it. Um, okay. and then, and then we're 30 now. And so once you turn 30 is when you're able to uh, draw from it for per- major pur- purchases, like gotcha. a house or a car. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I, my, my tendency right out of the and gate it's not is going to make us get a million dollar house by any means. Well, and that, that's would be like, Hey, we're looking at 250 or $300,000 houses we got a million dollars. Let's look at $2 million houses, right? So it can get out of whack really quick. So that's why I was asking that question. But y'all have, y'all have known about this for a while. Yeah, and, and our first thought was almost to ignore it. Like it didn't exist because we were like, okay, yeah. let's just keep going with our plan. Because I was still, I mean, we both drive beat up cars, like 2005 Toyota Camry and like have a really small row home in Philly. And we're totally okay, like living this way. We like love our life. But I'm just curious about how kind of, how much better of a home we could get and maybe not have to move again, like kind of um, in a quicker amount of time. Yeah. Where did the trust come from, Kate? Um, My very generous and hardworking father-in-law. Okay. Okay. So it's your father-in-law's. That's great. And where is, where is the money? I know it's in a trust, Um, but is it managed by, yeah, it's uh, managed like in a mutual fund. It's in a mutual Um, fund. Okay. Yeah. With a management group that they use. Perfect. And so you're, you're making money on that because it's in the market. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's mm-hmm. it's growing, which is um yeah, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. yeah, Kate, I mean yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, you guys as you you and your husband and you've done this well already, I think there's like this 
dignity piece to you all to know that hey regardless of this million dollars or not we're going to be okay we're going to we're going to mm-hmm. save we've saved 80 y'all saved eighty thousand dollars you're debt free you're working towards a home um and so being in that mindset i think is really important just for you and your husband uh mm-hmm. for longevity right and it doesn't sound like you guys obviously are fishing for money right. or that this trust fund you know dropped and you're like finally we get to go buy the yachts that we've won you know, yeah. you know it's not this um air about you but I think that's the encouraging piece, though, is that you and your husband, y'all are okay, right? Regardless of this money mm-hmm. or not. So then I think from there, since that's established, to be able to say, okay, out of this million dollars, what, how, how much could we, how much would we have to take out of this trust mm-hmm. to get the kind of house that, like what you're saying, maybe could last us a little bit longer than just mm-hmm. the starter home we were looking at. So for you guys mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, have you priced anything that, you know, you have your starter home that you guys were saving for, and then you have this trust we're, now. We live in a home now that's, uh, it's probably worth like 320 something. Okay. We owe still like 260 on it. We bought it um, shortly after, like 2020, we saved a bunch of money, paid off the end of my student loans, and then saved for our down payment, and then got this house. Okay. Um, How's the house now? Small, so. Yeah, it's small. Are you, do you guys have kids? Uh, no, no. the dog that we act like is our child. But. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so would you, were you guys looking to move? Were you wanting to move before this trust? Well, you guys, I guess, already knew about the trust, but I'm just, right. I'm just like, wondering if you guys. in our timeline. So we like, we kind of, we want to probably start a family in the next year. So, so looking to maybe have our house in the next year or so. Um, okay. But we could be very patient and aren't trying to like jump at the, the next house or anything by any means. Sure, totally, totally. Um, let's let's reverse engineer this. If your father in law was alive today, mm-hmm. what would what would he want to spend money on? Oh, he is. He is. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I didn't okay. say that. But <laughs> um, he is. Okay, um, I thought he passed away and left and his money to you. We actually can meet with him, and we are meeting with him next week to like talk about it to be more open about it because yeah. I've always kind of felt a little shy about it because. I manage like we manage our money together, but I'm like the spreadsheet person. So like I, when I found out about it, really wanted to know more about how we could apply it to things, but I didn't want to kind of jump in and be like, okay, how can we, so it's been, you know, we've been married two sure. years now. We're going to like, yeah, you've been very respectful. Of, about well, it, and it, my, my impulse is since he's still alive, this makes us a little more awkward, but he didn't put mm-hmm. any restrictions on it. He didn't put any other than 30, right? He didn't put any right. to be used for a house or for med school or anything like that. He just said, mm-hmm. when you turn 30, here's a million dollars. Right. And so part of me says, what do we think would be his dream wishes? That he would want us to have a paid for house to start our life and our family with? Because if so, let's pull out 300000 of that. Let's sell our house or 400000 of that. Let's buy a $500,000 house or 600000 Not a crazy house. And mm-hmm. in the Philadelphia area, and let's honor him by being a good steward of this money, and let's put the rest of it. We've already got the college fund taken care of, right, for our kids, or mm-hmm. what, whatever that thing is. With him being here, my hesitancy to go ask him is you mm-hmm. invite him to become a co-steward of the money, and it's real easy for him to say, hey, this this is my money that I gave you, and y'all need to be spending it on mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, and that stipulation doesn't exist now, and so I'd hesitate right. to... to I don't know. Yeah, if I would ask him, but you could, Kate, you and your husband sit down and yeah, what John's saying, I think having a house that's paid, I think living a life without debts and then being able to change your lives and your kids' lives and all of this, using this money as a tool to do that is a very honorable thing. And so I do Mm -hmm. wonder, yeah, if you guys say, if you and your husband agree, yeah, let's pull out 
300 of this or 400 of this. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. leave some of it in the market because we're not we don't need it right now. But once we have a kid, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to pull some of that out to start a fund. Like you kind of have a little bit of a game plan and you and your husband agree and shake hands. This is what we want to do as our family. And then mm-hmm. I think it would be a and I don't know what your father in law is like, but I do think it's a kind gesture just to be like, hey, I'm not asking you, but we are so grateful for this. And we're so excited about the next step. And we are excited to say that, you know, we're going to take some of this and we're going to buy a house debt free and we were going to use some for college. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of tell them your plan just for, I would think if I'm up here yeah. and, and I do something like that and your kids are responsible, mature, and they come back and like, wow, here's what I'm doing to multiply incredible, and to yeah. be wise yeah. about it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something honoring about that. Yeah. If y'all want to, I don't think you have to, but. Um, oh, no. And he's like, they're both just the, my parents are, they're my parent and laws are just like the sweetest people ever. And they would have oh. like, the best conversation. And I'm sure that they would be, very yeah. respectful of it. I, I guess that would make me feel better about it because I think my inkling is like I would like to almost just have a paid for house and like start that way. But uh, I would be very anxious about like just pulling that amount definitely without that conversation. So, so let yeah, me so let we'll me say let me say it this way, and this this is probably worth the a can of beans, right? But mm-hmm. if I gave my son who was thirty a million dollars. And he had just mm-hmm. been married and they'd been busting their butt and they'd paid off their student loans and they had put some money away for a house and they were talking about starting a family. And my son came and sat down with me over, I'm going to get all choked up, geez Louise. And he came and sat down mm-hmm. over coffee with me, his old man. And he said, hey dad, I just bought a house with cash and I just cre- I put it as what I could in a long-term savings account, which I, for, for college. So for our two kids, mm-hmm. college is covered. And that's because of your generosity. And now I can spend my life not catching up, but I can spend my mm-hmm. life creating trusts for my kids that will be a million dollars. Thank you. Right. I would weep mm-hmm. if my son used that money in that way to use it as a springboard into him, like you said, multiplying Jewish, it for yeah. his kids. Yep. And so I, I love the idea of you getting a house, a reasonable house, paying it off, starting your whole life with, with no debt. Man, that just sounds amazing. It's amazing. It's awesome. So great, Kate. Uh, you guys are wise, kind people. So um, I'm excited for you. Thanks for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. So student loans have been in the news often, a lot recently, uh, because payments start back next month, you guys. Interest has kicked in and people are feeling the toll. And uh, there's a article, John, and I thought it was a really interesting one. Austin, our producer, pulled it, but talking about how student loan debt takes a toll on a vulnerable, on vulnerable populations' mental health. 
And it tells a story of Melanie. She's 38 now, but she wanted to be a university theater professor. So she went, got her PhD, and she was just rock and rolling. But then the Great Depression hits in the late 2000s, and she couldn't find work. And so by 2012, her undergrad and master's degree loans totaled $81,000 with $900 payment a month. And so she briefly was on food stamps, depleting her savings. She was sharing a one uh, room apartment. And so all of this was going. So then it leads in, the article starts talking about the anxiety and the shame that starts getting wrapped around people that have this amount of debt. They're feeling this. And, you know, we look at this, the loan debt average is $37,000 per borrower in America today. And so that's where we're at. And what's fascinating is now science is coming out and saying, and studies are now showing that it, it, that your money, your debt levels do have a direct effect on your mental health. Yeah, and let's let's just call a spade a spade here. This this person is it's kind of a case study that leads into a, a broader conversation about mental health and student loan debt. But this student did got a PhD in um, performance studies, wanted to be a university professor. So is that wise? Right. Is that wise? Probably not. Probably not that's, the wisest That's, it, that's an $80,000 degree, but also had a very clear direction in mind. And here's yeah. what she says. And what she says is actually very true. Students are told an untrue narrative. If you work hard in school, you'll be able to pay back your loans. If you take out these loans and get this PhD, get this master's, get this degree and whatever, you will be able to get a job that pays them back. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. Now, I do have colleagues across the country, like in history departments and English departments, that will tell their incoming students, especially PhD students, you will not get a job as a university professor. Just so you know. Mm. There will be four openings next year across America. Yeah. And there's a lot of Stanford and Harvard grads. It won't be you. Yeah. Right? They do I, I they're being as candid as they as can. Honest, yeah. But these students yeah. keep showing up and they keep showing up. But the narrative globally is if you just go borrow this money and get through college, you'll be great. And you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're and be then okay. you increasingly talk to marginalized populations who have um, not been told in history, like this is a path. And now they're being told this is the only path. Go, mm -hmm. go, 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 go. And they don't have parents that went to college. And so they don't know how to navigate this system. And so they're sitting in front of the student loan counselor, take signing their life away. Yeah. Because they just want to do what's right. And I'm just going to follow this plan. And now, man, um, the Journal of Addictive Behaviors in April 2023 followed 331 college graduates, which is a small study, but it's an important start. And they linked high debt levels with problematic drinking, anxiety, and depression, especially among the most economically insecure graduates. And let's, let's be honest. This makes sense. Yeah. Your brain's going to sound sure. the anxiety alarms if you're not safe. And if you owe a whole bunch of money and you can't pay your bills, you're not safe, right? But it found one in 14 participants within the group. Another study found one in 14 participants in a group of a couple thousand uh, loan borrowers reported having suicidal thoughts that mm -hmm. they attributed to being trapped. I can't get out of this. Mm -hmm. My best option is just to cash out. Mm -hmm. This stuff is not just a political football to be thrown back and forth. Student loan debt is crushing young men and women. It's crushing adults who went back to school and it is really devastating people's mental and emotional health, their relational health. This is for real. Yep. It's for real. And it's scary. Um, 
if you are wondering if this is you, like you were starting to feel that panic, that burnout feeling, that chronically stressed feeling, that anxious feeling, um, we do have an anxiety test. Um, it's not diagnostic by any stretch of the imagination. You take this test and it's not going to tell you you have anxiety. What it is going to tell you is, hey, here's the areas in your life that you should pay attention to. Rachel and I took this test. If you're interested, RamseySolutions.com slash anxiety test. But um, you you took the test and I took it too. And I it's did. very instructive. Very instructive. It's here. really good. Yeah. So the the areas that the test hits on is connection, freedom, mindfulness, health and healing, belief and reality. And uh, these are the parts of the, your new book, mm-hmm. How to Build an Unanxious Life, uh, that comes out October 3rd. And so, yeah, you can go online at RamseySolutions.com slash anxiety test. anxiety test. And you can take it for free. So, John, well, what, what did you say? We just did it. Well, it, it's the results. There's a, you, get, you get all the areas, right? Mm-hmm. And that it? Okay. So, let's go through them. So, mine, connection was yellow, okay. which I was kind of shocked by. Yeah. I feel like I'm very connected with people. I think you so communicate a lot, Your body, but you probably don't have a lot of people that you can be completely open with. I do, though. That's my thing. I got are my, you? I got my four people. Yes, I got my four uh, people. I don't believe you. We I'm have totally three playing. couples. I was like, I was like <laughs> we genuinely, I'm like, I feel very, no, not by a lot, though. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends, sure. but there's like those four that know. Every mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So God bless them. So, but but apparently I'm yellow. Okay, and I'm going to trust it. All right, I'm going to trust it because I right. can also think glass glass half full a lot about life. Yep. So anyway, so it says your score, your body. It might be nudging you to uh, get your attention in this area. So I have that's yellow. My other yellow score was mindfulness. And mindfulness is about two words: curiosity okay. and awareness. Okay. Do you go to judgment real quick? Okay. Or, or do you when I'm very Whit- Ted Lasso esque when Winston leaves towels <laughs> on the floor? Do you say, "Oh my gosh, Winston, why did you leave?" Ta-? Or do you think, "What must have happened in his day?" Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that's how he like something must be going on because he knows I care about this. And one of those, your body goes to war, and one of those, your body goes to empathy, and let's support this thing. See, I feel like I'm a very empathetic person, but I'm obviously not very self aware. Just agree to disagree. I yeah, apparently not. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe maybe it is. I mean, I I can't be more black and white in thought. No, do tell. Oh my gosh. Really. Okay. All right. So here's Next mine. Is my, well, hold on. Oh, so, yours are green. The rest are green. The rest are green. Hold on. Let me go through my green. <laughs> You're a very <laughs> non-anxious person. My reality is green. My freedom is green, and my health and healing are green. Okay. Yeah, so you yours. see a counselor. You don't owe anybody any money. Yeah. You're a board yeah. member at a super successful company. Yeah, of course. Those things are going to be great. Oh my gosh. You take care of yourself. You've been working out with Winston. Y'all are getting and after have, it. Yeah, we do. We are working out. Yeah. Six weeks in. Okay, Mine, go. so I'm in the middle of a book tour. I'm traveling all oh, over. I'm running. So this, can, so this does change. Oh, absolutely. It's oh, seasonal. First season. Oh, yeah. I can't wait about yours. Stressful so, John. So, but Please I, go, I stressful this out. John. So, um, Freedom Rachel's here. But yeah, stressful John's to the right of me. Mine actually started flashing at me. Um, <laughs> but here's how. Here's the first indicator. Okay. So um, I've had a struggle over the last few years with my daughter. She was five and six, and now she's seven. Um, her tiny little body identified me as not a threat. I don't yell in my house. I don't hit my kids or anything like that. But as a, that guy's got a lot of turmoil in his chest. I've done a lot of hard counseling over the last few years. And for the last six months, my, I'm like a jungle gym. My daughter won't get off of me. She wants to hug all the time. She wants to piggyback yeah. rides all the time. And it has been transformative in my house. Mm. And in the past couple of weeks, the old no dad and she'll run away and i'll say can i have a hug and she'll just duck and move and run out the other room 
And even the other morning, I'm just going to be honest, I was just crying on the way to work. I was like, my own daughter won't hug me. Mm. Then I took this quiz and I have red for mind, mindfulness, yellow for choosing reality, yellow for connection, yellow for choosing freedom. And if I'm honest and I really dig in, it's right. Mm-hmm. I'm in a wild season at work yep. and I tend to isolate myself and there's frustrations. Anytime you launch something big like a book, yep, yep. there's frustrations and I have to wait on another department to do a thing. So I don't have the freedom to, yep. and I'm looking at this and I thought, huh, my daughter, she's feeling it. She felt it. Not wild. And that's what I'm bringing into the house. And so I need to lean into these areas yep. so that my body can, not all the stress is going to go away, but my body knows, okay, you're back in the driver's seat of your own life. Yes. Even well, though things are still chaotic, you're driving. That's right. I could turn the alarms off now. That's right. That's right. And it's just the awareness of it. And that's the thing is I'm like, yeah, you think maybe you're aware on things, but you're not. Hmm. So go to RamseySolutions.com slash anxiety test. See how anxious you are. Are you more freedom, Rachel Ask, or think, stressful? Dress? I think you need some <laughs> connection and some mindfulness. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Judgment here. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day comes from Proverbs 12, 11. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Wow. Fantasy sports players. <laughs> that was for you. Proverbs. All the guys doing their boards these Fantasy days. Fantasy sports. Unbelievable. Fantasy sports where grown men use other real grown men as imaginary action figures <laughs> to play imaginary games. Do you do fantasy football no. at all? <laughs> no. You know what I do? Is the drum roll, please. I go outside <laughs> and I just like go fishing or play with my kids or like... Talk to my wife. Like <laughs> You can do all of that and play fantasy football. But just You think, know that, right? Think of the, the People probably say that about like guitars and they're like, John. Yeah, okay, fine. But go outside. Think about think about <laughs> fantasy football. I don't really even understand it. You know what? Winston really doesn't do it. Because it's not real. <laughs> it's a fantasy. Where other grown men are sitting on their couches pretending they're other grown men. Look at the points I got. I'm I'm coach of <laughs> really? It's like Zelda, except with real guys. Golly, I don't understand it. Not even a little bit. Tell us how you feel about fantasy football. Start a softball league and go play. Go do something. Go jogging. It is, it is so interesting that this is, well, we're getting off topic, but with sports, here's my thing. I enjoy sports, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up in the South, college football. Oh, of like, course, me like, too. I'm from I, Texas. I, I, I love them. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the fall, like all of this. But I now draw the line. If your attitude or your emotions change because of a win or a loss of a game significantly. Oh, mine do. I'm done. Oh, mine do. I have to you're, be careful. No. Yeah. Your days were... Yeah. How know, are you listen, mad at fantasy football people? Listen, it's embarrassing. I'm ashamed of it. How, but, how but do I, you... Well, then I, people, I, I, I would. That's what I would yell. You yell at fantasy football people. No, I would here, yell here's at Here's the thing that I really so yell That is so frustrating. I'm like, an 18-year-old ruins your day. That, that's the real thing I get frustrated with is when I go... Because you are pretending when I, that your <laughs> happiness is from this other person. When I go to a sporting event, a college sporting event, and adults are wearing jerseys with the name of children on the back of them, (laughs) teenagers, and they're screaming at teenagers from the field. I know. And they're 19. That's what we do at our house. We scream at the TV. Do you have, does Winston have shirts of college men on his his jersey? No, he doesn't. Okay, good. Actually, to be as like into sports as Winston was, he's not like 
like we don't have like ESPN. Like I have friends, you know, they have ESPN all the time and stuff. Like he's not yeah, a big like sports watcher. Yeah, it's more just the environment. But but I yeah, we I know people and like their whole mood will change because their team loses. Now, so, if you had money so, on the game, which I don't support, but like I get that, yeah. like that sucks. But a bunch of teenagers didn't come through for me this weekend. <laughs> no, ridiculous. Know, I know. All right, and then our quote. Thank you, Proverbs, for taking us on that. Uh, good enough never is. Debbie Fields. Way to go, Debbie. Right. <laughs> it's great. All right. Uh, going to the phones to close out the show today is Caroline in Manchester. Hey, Caroline, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? So my grandpa has offered to help me a little bit by paying for things like gas and groceries. So I accepted his help for a little while, but then I started to feel very guilty because I wasn't actually supporting myself 100%. So my question is, because now I'm rethinking that decision once he was insulted by my not using his money because he's just trying to be uh, generous. So I'm rethinking that decision. So I'm just wondering, what do you think about Mm. accepting this kind of small support from a family member? Okay. Uh, How old are you, Caroline? I'm 20. You're 20 years old. Okay. And what's your Mm -hmm. current, you know, living situation? Are you in school? Are you living on your own? Yep. I'm in, um, I was in school for two years and I'm just taking a gap year. Okay. This year. Okay, great. And are you renting um, a place? Do you have a house? I'm actually living with my employers. Um, they're pastors, and they've offered me a room in their house. Okay. So it's free. And, and where mm-hmm. do you work? Um, at the church. At the church, okay. Are they paying you? Yes. They are paying me, yes. Are they paying you a livable wage? It's 18 an hour, 40 hours a week. Okay. Yep. So with free rent and with um, an 18 dollar an hour job 40 hours a week you're not able to make your bills well i am so that's my question is is it wrong if i accept his help knowing that i could just support myself financially well i think it i think it changes from he's not giving you help he's just blessing you with money every month if you tell him i need your help with tuition or i need help with my housing because i'm in college that's one thing if you're granddad just likes sending you checks because he loves you that's another thing but if you're telling him a third thing is hey grandpa i need your help i need your help i need your help and he's worried about you well now we're getting into some dishonesty so i don't think he's sending you money for help as much as he likes blessing his granddaughter with some cash and you're um you're making do with your the situation you've chosen right now so i, I mean i don't where does your where does your guilt come from I think it's just because um, I feel like I could just support myself financially. So yeah. the fact that I'm accepting outside help just makes me feel like I'm, I am lying. Yeah. And did he get offended when you said you don't need the money he anymore? Did. He did. Okay, so that's weird yeah. to me. Well, and that's, that makes mm-hmm. me think it's not, he's not trying to... I mean, if you feel guilty about this, do what's best by you. Um, I think there's you're feeling guilty about something that your granddad may not intend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because what you could do, Caroline, on one end of the spectrum, 
I mean, really, like what John's saying, it's like, you know, if you have a granddad that just has a lot of money. And yeah, put like, an account just, and save for a house, right? That's right. That's what I was going to say. It's just say, you know, hey, Grandpa, like where I am financially, I'm okay. Uh, he, he's not like concerned about your living situation and he's wanting to, you know, tell you, Carolyn, you need to go do something else and here's the money. You need to put yourself in a better situation at all. He's not concerned or, with, for you, is he? No, he okay. just wants to help me. Okay, okay. Put money in the account. Yeah, yeah, so I would just say to mm-hmm. tell him, hey, Grandpa, I, yeah, this is this is what I'm doing right now. And yeah. I feel, and I want to practice the diligence of knowing that I can stand on my own two feet. And this is feeling good for me. I'm 20 years old and I want to just know I can do it. But I really appreciate your generosity. And so what I want to do is take your money. I'm going to put it in an account and I'm not going to touch it except for major purchases. So when I need to replace my car, uh, for a down payment, maybe on a future home. Maybe it's that, you know, your your living situation in six months, Caroline, you may say, gosh, I would love to move out and have my mm-hmm. own place. And maybe you can take some of that to help with a little bit of rent at the beginning till you can cash flow it. Do you know what I mean? Like give you can give it a purpose without feeling like mm-hmm. you're lying and that you're very honest with him and open with him that that's what you're going to do is you're going to let it be in an account in an account and you'll use it for major purchases later in life because that is a gift and that's wonderful. But if he's all weird about that, that's what's kind of well, strange to me. I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I can't, but I can put myself in a dad's shoes. If my daughter mm-hmm. told me, hey dad, I just turned 18. I'm dropping out of college for a year or 20. I dropped out of college for a year and I'm going to live in a room in this couple's house. That mm-hmm. sounds incredibly temporary to me. Mm-hmm. And if you told mm-hmm. me, no, dad, I'm making all my bills, I would think for this weird second that you've created, this little pocket out of reality, you're right. You're making your bills, but reality's coming soon. Rent and electric and water bills are coming soon. Food bills are coming soon. And so I can imagine he's concerned about what happens when this thing ends. And this does end sooner than you think it does. Whether they mm-hmm. have a kid whether they start getting weird, whether they just want their space back or whatever. So I do think it's very, very wise to begin planning Mm -hmm. very intentionally for where you're going to live after this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I I don't have any problem. And you can do what Rachel said. I wouldn't even bother telling him unless he asks. And he says, what are you doing with all that money I'm sending you? I'm saving up to get my own place. He'll probably smile from ear to ear and then back again. Um, but you can sit down and tell them, here's what I'm going to do with this money from this point forward. But yeah. I think you need to start planning for a new living yeah. arrangement ASAP. That's a great, great idea. Thanks, Caroline, for the call. Thanks to all the guys in the booth for a wonderful show. Thank you, John, for another great hour. And thank you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.